Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now let's join Associate Pastor Chuck Coburn as he teaches from the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. This morning I want to speak to you on being the one. You be the one. Have you ever been around a person or persons that they... uh, (laughs) They never read like an entire story or an entire book. They maybe start at the beginning, maybe read the first couple verses or first couple like sentences of a chapter, and then they just kind of skip to the end. You may be one of these people that you just can't discipline yourself, so to speak, to read the whole book. Are you one of these people that if you record an, an athletic event, you never watch the thing entirely? You just kind of scroll to the end, see how it ends, and you're done? There's a lot of people that do that, that that they don't take time to read everything in its entirety, in its context. They don't take time to enjoy what's really involved from beginning to end. And there's a story in the Bible that that most of us probably know very, very well the end of it, but we've never paid close attention to the beginning or the middle of it, which will contain a lot of key truths that will help us. The story is about Peter walking on the water. And what do you know about Peter walking on the water? See, he sunk. He took his eyes off Jesus and he fell in. And of course, the the concept or the the truth we learn is to keep your eyes on Jesus. But what you may not understand is that the seven verses before that give us some key truths for our personal life. And this morning, I want us to look at these seven verses. So if you have your Bibles and you're one of these people that I call that you, you cheat, you miss out. You may not see these truths, but hopefully today you will. For instance, if you only read the book of Revelation, you know that we get a new heaven, we get a new earth, we get a new body, death is finally conquered in victory, Satan's finally done away with, and that's all good. And we live for that, but the problem is is that most people live out of the book of Revelation where all you can do is hope for the future. When God wants you to enjoy the present, God wants you to enjoy the now, where he works at and where he's at. So if you're only reading the end and you're saying, I'm just trying to endure till the very end so I can make it, you're missing out. Because see, if you're only living in Revelation, what you miss is that Jesus wants to comfort you if you're burdened. He wants to heal you if you're brokenhearted. He wants to deliver you if you're held bondage by sin and by addictions. He wants to set you free. If you love him, but see, if you only live in Revelation, you won't get that because these are found in all the other books of the Bible. And so today we're going to look at some key verses that will help you to live now rather than the future. So if you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 says this. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross over to the other side of the lake. While he sent the people home, and after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was alone there. 
Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy against the waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and in their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter, to him, said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. Twelve men in a boat, but only one stepped out. One, just one. And today I hope and pray that you'll be the one. What we see from this neat story is that in verse 22, it says that immediately after this, Jesus insisted that the disciples get back in the boat and cross over to the other side. Notice it said he insisted because Christ is in control of everything. The question you may ask, well, why did Jesus insist they get in the boat and go over to the other side? It was because the crowd had risen to such a place that they no longer saw Jesus as the miracle worker. They could only see him as a king, and they were getting ready to try to apprehend him and make him their king, and that's not what he came to be. He came to be Lord and Savior. He did not come to be an earthly king. So what he did not want his disciples to do was to get caught up into the rush and get so overwhelmed with pride and arrogance and saying, you know, we've been oppressed for so long, maybe it's time we do make him king, and maybe it's time we do start things another way. Jesus knew this would be going on, so instead he sends them, he insists that they go to the other side. I like the play on words, the other side. Jesus insists for me and you that we need to learn to go to the other side. See, when we are overwhelmed with pride, when we are overwhelmed with the crowd, we need to learn to walk away and go to the other side. Jesus' desire for you and me this morning is he wants us to make it to the other side. And of course, the other side is heaven. And you say, well, that's interesting, Pastor Chuck. So he insists on these 12 men crossing the lake, knowing that they're going to face a horrific storm? And the answer is yes, exactly. He knew what they would be facing, and he sends them anyway. Church, what you need to understand in life, God will take us out of things that will kill us spiritually and sometimes endanger us physically so we can be victorious in both the spiritual and in the physical just the way it goes. And what's a real interesting verse to kind of help you out, it's found in Isaiah 46, verse 10, one of the neatest verses in the Bible. I make known the end from the beginning. You know what he's saying, don't you? God says, I've already, I started at the end and I go all the way back to the beginning. I don't go from beginning to end. I went from end to beginning. Therefore, that's why I'm omnipotent. I know everything. Because I didn't start here, I started here. And so God started at the end of your life before he ever started at the beginning of your life. So he knows the exact plan. He knows the exact things he wants you to do. But we have to be 
obedient enough, we have to be sensitive enough, we have to be observant enough to follow the Lord in his leadership. Fortunately for these men, they followed him. We'll journey to the other side. We've done this many times. They were setting out to Capernaum where Peter had, was raised. They were very familiar with this thing. It's kind of like you. For those who go to Tallahassee every day, you do it in your sleep, right? Maybe some of you do sleep while you're driving to Tallahassee, but that's not a good thing to do. You've done it so often that you don't have to think about it. These men, at least five of the 12 that were on this boat, were raised fishermen. They knew exactly how to get back home. And so Jesus now sends them on the journey that will get them into some trouble. And now we read in verse 24, it says, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. For a strong wind had risen and they were fighting against heavy waves about three o'clock in the morning. Now here's what you need to know. That a man by the name of Adam Hamilton says that it basically would only take these men two to two and a half hours to get from one side of uh, the Sea of Galilee to the other. We know they left during the day because the Bible says that Jesus sent them away and then night fell while he was praying. So we know he, they left during the day. We know that just from the story we're reading. So if it's going to be about a two, two and a half hour you know, journey, and obviously they don't have LED lights on their boat, they sail, it would just make sense. They would leave around 3, 3.30 in the afternoon because the sun usually sets in Israel around 5.30, 6 o'clock. So we can gather just through speculation. They leave around 3, 3.30 in the afternoon. They're going to take a two-hour journey to get to the other side. But notice it is 3 o'clock in the morning, 12 hours later, and the Bible says they are still far away from land. They had been fighting for 12 hours trying to get from one place to another place, and they could not make it. What we need to understand in this journey called life, we think sometimes it's simple, but we will face difficulties that will get us in such a tailspin that if the Lord Jesus doesn't come to save us, we will never make it to the end. Some of you this morning are trying to journey to the other side and you've been caught in this emotional, you've been caught in this physical, you've been caught in this psychological storm for so long, you're wore out and you can't even begin to fathom how to get to the other side. That word troubled is really not the, the correct word. The word literally means tormented. They were tormented by the wind that was blowing in their face. They were tormented by the waves that were crashing in the boat. And sometimes we get tormented by life. We get tormented by unexpected things. And what happens is when that happens, we, probably like these fishermen, just continue trying to make it to the other side. That's what they were doing. As hard as they could row, as hard as they could sail, they were trying to make it. A two-hour journey now turns into a 12-hour journey, and they're not even close to getting home. And if you're not careful, you're going to start out good in life, and then you're going to have some unexpected things happen to you, 
and you're going to get caught in this storm and you're going to feel like you can never make it through. Notice that the Bible says it's 3 a.m. in the morning. In other words, they call it the fourth watch. It was the deepest, darkest hour of the night. Isn't it interesting that usually when we face problems, we reach rock bottom at one of the most deepest, darkest hours of our life. Here we have five, at least we know five, five experienced fishermen that are doing their best to make it to the other side. And they can't. They are struggling. They are doing everything that they can and they're not going to make it. The reason is, is because a storm unexpectedly has come about. Now, what's interesting about the Sea of Galilee, it sits 700 feet below sea level. And the hills and the mountains that surround it are anywhere from 1,400 to 2,500 feet above sea level. And so what happens is you have warm air that sets on the Sea of Galilee. And then you got this cold air above the mountains. And when that cold air comes over the mountains onto the sea and presses that hot air down, when it mixes together, a violent storm immediately happens. So even though you can set out sail with the sun and the wind being calm and bright and shiny, within a matter of minutes, it can turn into a violent storm. You can set out from here today with life being great, and within a matter of minutes, a storm will rest upon you that will shake you from one end of this world to the other. The question for us is, where is our faith? The question for us is, what are we doing about that? Twelve men obediently obeyed the Lord. They're trying to get to the other side. They're caught in a violent, violent storm. And they can't see it through. And probably the, the part of the story where we pick up now that we know so well is that now Jesus approaches them. And the Bible tells us, it says, but Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Notice what it says. It didn't say that Jesus just spoke to Peter. It said Jesus spoke to who? Them. All 12. All 12 men heard the word of the Lord. The Holy Spirit just doesn't pick and choose who he wants to speak to. He speaks to all of us. The question is, are we listening? The question is, are we tuning our ears to hear him? So when he tells us to go, we will go. When he tells us to stay, we will stay. When he tells us to be quiet, we will be quiet. When he tells us to open our mouth, we will open our mouth. Jesus spoke to all 12 of them. Now, I'm sure if you can imagine it, it wasn't. A moment where they just went, ah, thank you. Because they are fearing for their life. They're exhausted because they've been fighting for probably 12 hours. They cannot see land. We're told that in the book of John that they're still about four and a half miles from land. Now, obviously, during the daytime, you can see from one side of the lake to the other. But at night, when it's pitch black and there's a storm, you can't see anything in front of you. So here they are in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And all of a sudden, Jesus appears. Yes, you would be scared too. 
But when he speaks, those very words, when he spoke, because at this point in time, they had been with him for a little over two years. They should have recognized his voice and immediately their hearts should have just been filled with joy. Their hearts should have been filled with peace. I mean, they should have been excited. But why is it that when they, he speaks that they're not really hearing him? Is because they weren't looking for him. They weren't listening for him. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you almost every moment of every day. He wants. The Lord wants to love you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. But my friend, if you are so focused on your problems, if you are so focused on trying to make it big in this life, if you're so focused on trying to make whatever it is out of life, you'll never hear him. These 11 men missed him. He spoke to all 12, but only one heard him. And if we're not careful, we're going to miss hearing from him. And then one day we're going to stand before him in judgment. And he's going to ask us, why did we never love him and listen to him? And we won't have an excuse. The Lord loves to talk. He loves to help. He loves to guide. But he also loves to discipline. He also loves to correct. The whole point of this story was to allow these disciples to say it wasn't worldly popularity and and worldly power that was going to gain you strength to make it from this day forward. It was going to be your faith. It was going to be your, your listening and your seeking and searching me that will give you victory. And they missed it. At least the 11 did. One didn't. 12 men on a ship. 12 men are dying, literally. 12 men hear a voice, but only one listens and responds. And Peter made it so clear, Lord, if that's you, tell me to walk and I'll come to you. You say, now that's about the craziest thing I've ever heard. Here we are drowning in the sea and our boat And this crazy man's going to step out of the boat to walk to Jesus? Exactly. Because you are going to face situations in your life that are very, 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 very impossible. And when Jesus asks you to respond, his response is going to even seem more bizarre than what you're experiencing. I'm, I'm an expert fisherman. I've done this all of my life. I have tried for 12 hours to make it to the other side and I am failing. This man wants me to step out of the boat and walk to him. I'm not going to do it. Eleven didn't. One had enough sense. One had enough spirituality. One at least had enough faith to go, Lord, if that's you, as impossible as it seems... I'm willing to step out of this ship and come to you. And he did. He was the one. Eleven other men had the opportunity to be the one. And Peter was the only man to be the one. 
Now, I know he won't brag about this in heaven. But think about that. Hey, do you know I'm the only man in the history of the world that's walked on water? I'm the only one. Those 11 had an opportunity, but they were just too faithless to try. I'm the only one. Just me and Jesus. Just me and Jesus are the only ones that walked on water. Wow. God is giving us opportunities to walk on water in a figurative space to change our world. We just have enough faith to do it. Pastor, it is impossible. Good news for you. My Jesus is in the impossible business. That's what he's about. He's he's about changing your life. He's about rekindling your soul. He's about giving you a brand new start. He's about sinking you from death to life, to fear, to victory. That's what my Jesus is about. He's about giving you a new day today. He's about giving you a new start today. He's about giving you a new victory today. But he can't give that to you until you step out of your problem, get on the water and walk to him. That's it. I, I, this just doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. Good. Because if you understood it, you would somehow rationalize it away. The good part for you is that you don't understand it. And if you'll trust him and step out on faith, he'll deliver you. He'll set you free. He'll make you new. He'll make you a brand new person. Listen, we've done some things around here that seem to the known world as kooky and as crazy as it can be. Because that's who Jesus is. He believes in making the the world think we're crazy. And then when the world looks back at us, they go, wow. Who would have ever thought in a little town called Crawfordville, in a little county, three quarters covered with a national forest, that they would have a church that would have over 600 in attendance, that baptized over 100 years, over 100 a year, that actually has missionaries over the world. Who would have thought that? Nobody else but Jesus. But we had to have a leader. We had to have a people that said, we believe. And we're going that way. And we're not looking back. So this morning, you're going to be blessed. I'm in and early. This morning, you have some options. Number one. You can just go ahead and be offended because you've been hurt in like a relationship. You can just stay offended. Some of you have been hurt in a relationship. And you've been hurt so bad by people, you're offended. And what you do is you just sit here every week in church, mad at the world, mad at God, and you wonder why things aren't going your way. And what happens is the Lord is asking you to step out of your chair, come to this altar, Ask for forgiveness, forgive others so he can set you free. But see, you hang on to the boat. You hang on to the boat. I'm going to be like those 11. I am not doing that. That's impossible. The truth of the matter is you've gotten used to your anger. And you use it now as an excuse to not engage in relationships. You use it as an excuse to be ugly to other people. You're just hanging on to the boat. Let's be honest. If Jesus had not shown up, 12 men would have died. That's all there is to it. 
as, as courageous as they were, as gifted as they were, if you fight a storm for 12 hours and then your boat sinks four and a half miles out in the middle of the ocean, now I'm not a swim, swimmer, but I couldn't imagine even swimming a mile, let alone four and a half miles to shore. But see, some of you this morning have been offended and you're hanging on to your offense. And the Lord's asking you today, why don't you learn to give that up? Why don't you forgive that person? Why don't you come to the altar so I can set you free and give you a new life? And you have the, you have the opportunity this morning. You can sit and hang on or you can step out and say, Jesus, as impossible as it seems, I can't even imagine forgiving them. But Lord, this is impossible, but you're in the impossible business. And today I'm going to walk to you and you're going to set me free from my anger. You're going to set me free from the imprisonment I have been with, with this memory of being hurt. Look to the person next to you. They've been hurt. Do you realize there's not a person in this building that hasn't been hurt by another individual? We have to make the conscious decision to follow the Lord and let it go. Some of you this morning are sitting in the boat again. The relationship ended bad with you. Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it was a bad, you got fired at a job. I don't know. But you're hanging on to the brokenness. And what you say is, I am so crushed that I can't move forward. And I'm just going to live my life broken, never engaging in another human relationship. I'm just going to stay here, never being loved again. I'm just going to hang on to my boat. And you're going to die in the sea of misery because you won't let go. And here's what you're telling Jesus. Jesus, my problem is bigger than you. Jesus, you can't heal my broken heart. The truth of the matter is Jesus can heal your broken heart, but you've got to give your broken heart to Jesus so he can heal it. That's all there is to it. I love this quote. God, when I lose hope, help me to remember that your love is greater than my disappointments. And your plans for my life are better than my dreams. Amen. Amen? Amen. God's got a plan for your life. But you've got to give him your broken heart so he can change that. Some of you this morning, you're isolated and lonely. You don't want to engage. You just, I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm going to hang on to my boat. I'm drowning in loneliness. I, this is such a loving church family. But the last church I was in, I got hurt. So I'm not doing that. Really? Really? You've heard this illustration before. That's like you getting food poison and saying, I'm not eating ever again. You, let me tell you what. Four hours later after you, you know, everything comes out, you're like, okay, where's the food? I'm hungry. Listen, you are hanging on to the one thing the devil wants you to hang on to, your misery. I'm lonely. I don't want to engage. God wants you to engage. This is a wonderful church family. Now, let me be honest. We will let you down because we're human. But now, let's be honest. Look at the person next to you and say, but I'm going to let you down too because I'm human. The difference is, is that we love each other and we understand that. We understand that. For those who I have let down, forgive me. Sorry, it's probably going to happen again. Not intentionally. It's just who we are. But I love you. And I will walk 
to the ends of the world with you if I need to. Amen? Some of you this morning, real quick, you're living in fear of failure. All the plans God has for you. You know, Pastor, <laughs> if I try that, I'll probably fail and look like an idiot. So, what's the big deal? Is your pride so swelled up that you're going to live in the mediocre life, never trying to be big and bold for the Lord? God, today, wants to catapult you. But you've got to get over your fear or fail. You've got to quit hiding on to your, hanging on to your failure. And you've got to get out of that seat and you've got to come to Jesus and say, Lord, even if I fail, I'll fail trying. Now let me quote a very wise man. His wife said, do you really think we can move to the Senator County? No, I don't. But at least I'll die knowing I tried. Amen. And guess what? Here we are. Now, we did have some bumps in the road. But he obeyed the Lord. It never hurts to let go of your fail or failure and move forward so the Lord can use you. I, I'm not that educated. I, I'm not that smart. I, I'm not that eloquent. Listen. If you let God grab you, he'll change all that. If you let God use you, He'll, he'll refine that. Do, do you really think, I'm going to use you because you're over here with me. Do you really think the very first prayer Brother Al prayed was so just powerful as you hear him pray? No. He had to mature in the Lord. And I'm sure there were probably some prayers after you prayed it. Alina probably said, I don't know what that was all about, but we're, we're not going to worry about that. Listen, but, but you know what? You stay steadfast to the Lord. And he'll refine you, he'll grow you, he'll develop you. So now when you need your prayer, you go, that's the man I'm going to. That's the man I want to pray for me. You got to learn to let go of the sinking ship. And you got to learn to step out on faith. Einstein, I mean, Thomas Edison said this, I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 things that won't work. Today, I want to encourage you to quit hanging on to the sinking ship and to step out in faith so that the Lord can deliver you, the Lord can rescue you, and the Lord can help you. This quote says that man says, show me and I'll trust you. God says, trust me and I'll show you. God wants you to be a history maker this morning. And you're never going to do it sitting in your chair. You're never going to do it hiding behind your brokenness and your fears and your failure and your loneliness. You're only going to do it when you step out on faith and trust the Lord. Do you realize, read the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey said, when Jesus got to that ship, the storm immediately did what? It ceased. When you step out in faith this morning and you come to this altar surrendering to the Lord, your storm will immediately cease. I'm not saying you'll be at shore yet, but your storm is going to be ceased. Pastor, it's impossible. I know. Jesus is in the impossible business. This morning, my challenge is to you for this. Be the one 
and step out so that God can make a difference in your life. Be the one. Be the Peter. Step out from your chair this morning and say, Lord, I'm not hiding behind my fears anymore. I'm not hiding behind my anger anymore. I'm not hiding behind my brokenness anymore. Lord, I am stepping out this morning because I want for you to make a difference in my life. And Lord, I want to have a difference in my life. Lord, I don't want to live in Revelation I want to live in the here and now where you live and work so that I can enjoy the journey to Revelation. So when I die one day, it won't be a big surprise to me. I'll just transition from one life to the new life and it won't be a big shock. Today, church, don't let the devil keep you in the boat, sinking in your misery. Today, be Peter, step out on faith and let Jesus change your life. Let's pray. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.